1: Welcome to the Whole Truth Podcast <laughs> with myself, Jordan Stevens, aka Rizzle. Oh, you said Rizzle.
2: No, sorry, aka No, fair Ow, No, native. it's not Alvin A.
1: Either. Aka. I've that. Give me a random one now. Just what was my new name?
2: Um, Five Man Stampede.
1: Brilliant. Um, cranberry Necklace. Cranberry Necklace. Oh, love Cranberry Necklace. All right. Welcome to the Whole Truth Podcast with me, Jordan Stevens, aka Five Man Stampede. Five hand, five man, five man stampede, aka cranberry, cranberry necklace. necklace. Names that I've been gifted by my guest today, Disraeli, um, aka Roman Sordo. Hello. Um, Hello. It's it's nice to. Re- can I refer to you as your full government name? Is that okay? Yeah,
2: yeah, I d- yeah.
1: I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not used to you referring
2: to me I know. as that. I never I'm, do. I'm
1: into that. You always call me Diz. I always call you Diz. Um, it's a, it's a, I'm very happy to have you on the podcast today it's because It's nice to be here I've known you for a long time And you're incredibly important to me in my career How long has it been? Well I would have been You were 15? 13? Thir- 13, 13. 13 Maybe even tw- No, 13 And what am I now? 27? That's a long time 14 years 14 years <laughs> That is long <laughs> um, For those So I'm going to give you the backstory now Um so I, uh, when I was living in Brighton, I was um, I was just a young boy with a dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was in, I was invited along to a to a youth centre. Um, shout out Audioactive, Brighton Audioactive. Shout yeah. out Adam Julia. Shout Hindzie. out Heinz. Hines. Um, and it's Heinzie Hines actually who was uh, working in the kitchen of uh, or was just running, I think maybe a, a vegetarian burger restaurant. Red Veg. Red Veg. And overheard my, me talking to my mum about wanting to express myself Is that lyrically. What it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And he was like, "Why don't you just come down to this to this um, session?" And one of five mentors was yourself. Yeah. You were the first person to play me Eminem Infinite, and that you record, heard it how well I was
2: sent from it. Yeah, for murdering instruments. Wait, I
1: got sent there for uh I'm <laughs> infinite you heard the hell well I was sent from it I was sent there for s- serving a sentence murdering instruments yeah. now I'm trying to repent from it anyway for those who don't know no, know it a lot
2: better than I do basically
1: Eminem infinite is his first literally his first proper album yeah. pre-dre pre it was just in the three. what was his crew the 313 or 365 hey, you know
2: all the stuff I don't even what know what do you mean well you know just that, that, song, lyric. that song is like it's
1: brilliant. Yeah, and the told the that album to a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, but you told that to a thirteen-year-old boy who was wanting to be a rapper. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I went and did the work. Yeah, you did the work. Um, but you did also write a a um, a play in mm. rhyme called Bonfire Night, where I played <laughs> Danny. <laughs> I played a boy called Dan Boy. Dan Boy. Who who achieved fame at a young age and let it destroy him. Yeah. (laughs) I was just looking for a reaction. (laughs) Um, Which is, I'd like to believe an exaggerated version of the truth. But it's it's so near to the truth that it is... um, I felt like his energy was a little bit more of total... He was like, "I'm damn boy."
2: Yeah, I'm the, yeah it was the showman. Well, the, every character in the play was based on the person playing the character. Right? Yes, thank you. So we, well, I came into the the youth centre and um, and spent a couple of weeks working with you guys quite closely and getting to know you a bit and stuff. Yeah, and then I wrote the characters based on what was what that? Yeah, but that's that's because I never remember. I was having it was it, they, they were like, they were like magnified like mutations of the people that I met. Because the idea being that you could inhabit the role that I made.
1: Yeah, 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 of course. Shout oh, Also oh, shout oh, out oh, Sam Marion and, and Marissi. Yeah, uh, AKA Barcode, code. Barcode, yeah. Um, just doing loads of Brighton shout outs, basically. No, but I'm intrigued because I was asked this in an interview the other day about <clears> when it when someone asked me when I first started making music and it when I decided that it wanted to be a thing. And I remember, I remember at my school I got voted most likely to be famous, but I never remember wanting to be I never remember going like, Oh, I'm gonna grow up and be famous like Yeah. That's a bizarre thing. What so, was, what,
2: so what was the dream when you were a boy with a dream? I
1: don't know, what what just to dream? escape, to get out, hmm. to just to give someone me and mum me and my mum could not be in financial trouble, you know, and not yeah. be in debt the whole time. Yeah. But what was it that you saw? Sorry, we'll get on to you by the way. I'm just this is <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's talk oh, about 100% you?
1: No, in fact, I'll probably edit this out if I'm being really honest. But no, it's just a it's good, good, good investigative piece for me. Yeah.
2: Um, I guess you were just you were very you were already a showman. Um, you were very sort of ebullient, is the word I'd use. Like I bu- ebullient, oh, ebullient. That's a great word. Bubbling up. You uh. know, you had a, a very bubbling up personality. Um, it's a better word than bubbly, ebullient, because bubbly just implies like a bit vacuous. And right. Yeah. Ebullient is like you had fizz.
1: Oh, interesting. And um,
2: <sighs> yeah. And you were stupidly confident, and also you were really good at rapping, man. Let's oh, not thanks. forget this. <laughs> like it's it's not. Do you know what I mean? I didn't just like come know. across a like precocious kid and be like, well, you're guaranteed to. Hit the big time. Thanks. It's like you were just really good at rapping. I did.
1: I do. I did. I do. I do did. I did. I enjoy. Rapping is great. There is rap I we love. We did a
2: song together when you were 15. We, we oh, was, the posse uh, car. It's really good. I listened to back to it again the other day. No, mate. Really <laughs> I imagine that's actually You're quite 50, sick. Yeah. <laughs> no. like, give a crap about the managers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> give me a
1: year and I'll be. Oh, wait. I say in that lyric, I say, give me a year and I'll be followed by the cameras, isn't it? So, something was trying to get there. I just wasn't conscious of it.
2: You were like, I'll be followed by the cameras, but I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I "I don't care care. about the cameras, but I'm guaranteed to be.
1: You know what I mean? Oh, mate. Yeah, that was, we were on that tune. I possibly got, and you were my (laughs) favourite verse by by far man I remember you put like rap said Victoria sponges wait what a hell of a track I must be what the six fell of, of a ra- oh the best of the rappers were sick and ill repping the head of, the head of cat. a cat the sickest they won't, as won't, you give, won't you give your, your testicles, testicles back. back which is which is mean anyway sorry um, we are getting super sidetracked but <laughs> it a I'm coming it up leg- well, so. yeah. <laughs> it's gonna get yeah
2: there is a gonna, lot to get it, through you are a massive
1: part of my history I've always looked up to you as a rapper and we did do that posse cut and since then, I, I watched you write more plays, you made an incre- incredible album with your friend, Baba Brinkman, mm. who, uh, um, who's gone on to also write massive, scientific, rapping, yeah. rhyming plays. He is a, a awards. genre all of his,
2: his own, exactly. Yeah,
1: um, and, uh, the theory of
2: evolution in rap. Wild. The rap theory of... Wild. The rap guide to climate change.
1: Wild. deep guy, man. Um, Academic and but also similarly seen you Disra- with disraeli and the small gods um just own it performance was phenomenal you're just a great performer and a great <laughs> lyricist and have incredible people around you um so yeah big inspiration to me a lot of, of for a lot of my musical development culminating in um obviously i i, I have I, I am constantly shifting and, and changing but we did make a song Last year, a couple of years ago, you made two songs, mate. I know that. I, oh, you know what? I listened to the other one every day. Anyway, that's another story. It good? It's banging, yeah, I yeah, yeah. heard it back. It is great. Yeah. Oh, no, your, your verse is sick. Um, but Light of Day, which with me, you, and, and Manifest, um, which was one of my favorite songs I've ever made. So there we are. If you want to check that out, it's out the native Light of Day. Um, but you have also been making. Um, You were in an interesting place when when we made Live Day, actually. I I remember you distinctly coming into the studio and feeling a sense of relief, almost. Mm. It was like you had been, um, you'd been like frustrated in a way (laughs) by yourself. Um, and, um, Let's just talk about that a little bit because you've gone on to make this album, The Unmaster, um, which I got given an excuse, exclusive preview of and I think is fantastic. But we it haven't heard the Masters yet, though. I know, mate, and I already think it's good, so there we are. So
2: I'm very excited about sharing with you. Right, but. Well, I was going to bring it down. I, I actually have it in my phone, I could play it to you. What, the entire thing? I could play it to you. Wow, well, just send me the link.
1: This isn't the moment, obviously. Um, Yeah, that would be a boring podcast for other people. No, not really. I suppose if you could play it on uh, the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the headphones wouldn't work. But no, please explain to me, what what led you to create an album that is kind of just solely around your own Mm. desire to break free of yourself?
2: Really, really well put. I've never put it like that. Um, But that is really well put. That is what it is. I mean, I was... uh, I was just very unhappy and not really functioning very well in my life. And so it came from a necessity really. Rather than ne- rather than it being like, hm, now let me see, you know. Yeah. What, what could I make a change to here? Yeah. Um, it was more just like something's got to change because I am survival just like burrowing into some really dark places um without any kind of volition on my part. So it it was that, yeah, survival, I guess. Um I wouldn't say that I was ever suicidal. Um I certainly for the first time in my life understood how people could be. Um but yeah, I was I was pretty unhappy, man, fairly often. Um, pretty anxious and depressed, I'd say, having read things about those diagnoses since um I was never diagnosed myself as anything in particular because I didn't go to the doctor but I did go to a therapist and um I went on a mindfulness course as well and did a and also joined a men's circle so I did a kind of like three pronged get myself out of this whole um effort and the music was a part of that really like you said it was kind of like um Escape, did, well, how did you put it? Escaping from myself? or get, Breaking out of yourself. Breaking yeah. out of myself, yeah. Myself being this tangle of um, uh, ego and uh, competitiveness and self-loathing and um, confused identity and pretense and uh, craving. Uh, so when, if we're talking about breaking out of myself, that was probably like what I was trying to break out of, is that kind of tangle of a combination of things um and yes yeah, a really good way to put it i was in a flipping tangle and i couldn't really go left or right and i had to seek help i guess is, is basically what it is and it's funny because i still feel a sense of uh slight shame in saying that i had to seek help it makes me sound like you know a case um or, or feel like that why um, well, I know it shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know there's no shame in it at all. But it's interesting to, for, to me to reflect that uh, I yeah. still feel a twinge when I say it, you know. I couldn't cope on my own. Um, and I had to seek help. Um, because otherwise, who knows, you know. Yeah. Uh, and You can, though. What's that? Who can cope on their own? Well, I don't think any of us can. No, And that this is one of the greatest lessons of of this whole period for me is that is our like inherent togetherness as beings. You know, we evolved in groups. We evolved together. We evolved as an organism, as a species, um, not as these like individual atoms of consumption and like self-definition that we like, aspire to be now. Mm. So, yeah, man, that's what that's one thing that's, that that brought me to doing the Unmaster. Um, in fact, it's, it's, it's hard to say that I came to doing the Unmaster, because it, it wasn't like I was suddenly at a, a new door marked Unmaster, and I was like, now is the time to step through here, you know. This, like, this, like, edifice of the album built around me as I worked away at um, getting out of, breaking out of myself, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, music making is something I it's like a, just a sort of byproduct of being alive for me I have to do it um,
1: well, that's interesting because yeah. <clears throat> that's another we look a lot um, on this podcast especially and with the whole charity we look at we did an event music for mental health which we're looking to continue there's such an obvious you know yeah um, or consistent maybe is a better word yeah. um, link between those two yeah. I'd really love you to. Uh, I mean, I know you say it's just, this, this is what you got to do. But- no,
2: it's. But yeah. Also, what one uh, like a really clear symptom for me of being unhappy and, and being you know unwell or whatever you want to call it, um, was that I couldn't make music, uh-huh. and I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't be anywhere near music actually. So one of the um, when I say music for me, it's like a byproduct of being alive. Music for me is a byproduct of being alive. To some degree, healthily alive, uh-huh. yeah, uh, yeah, rather than not present and tangled up in myself and tangled up in all the shit we were talking about, yeah, um, yeah, music, yeah. I mean, I, my my whole relationship with music has changed completely in the last three years, completely. I mean, my, my relationship with music now is that it's a source of joy and something I need to do. Um, my relationship with music three years ago, yeah, like beginning of 2016, three years ago was that w- was a source of like anxiety. It was um, a source of like evidence that I was shit person. Um, especially yeah, my own music was very much like felt like a mirror mirror of my worthlessness to me, mm. um, and other people's music was uh, evidence that everyone else was better than me and uh, yeah. and i wasn't worthy of whatever attention or um where do you think that comes from i mean it's just a it's just a reflection of where you're at in life isn't it i think as an artist your relationship with your art is your relationship with yourself and the fact of your existence right so when your relationship you with yourself
1: you think it's the other way around i'm asking now do you think it's the other way around
2: uh, I think it's they just coexist. I think like the, 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 way, the, way you, the way you relate to your art is the way you relate to your creation and your creation is your life. So it, for me personally, I shouldn't say your, you know, it's this, this is my experience of it. My relationship with my life is, is the same as my relationship with my art. And that's another thing I realized as well was like, that we are like, we are acts of creation. And if we're not present to our lives, we can't be present to how we make, um, and what we make therefore won't be present to other people. You know. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're, if you have some like connectivity with yourself and connectivity with your life, to me, like the art will come. You know what I mean? Uh huh.
1: What? What? You, you when you spoke about a sense of shame, saying that you needed help, or or a kind of a barrier between you and potential diagnoses, which I kind of actually understand. What, when would you say was the first moment in your entire life where you were aware of mental health and aware of your responsibility to that? Was that, is that actually mm. come about now? Or did you, were you aware of this as a, as a boy? Or?
2: Um, no, I mean, I definitely had, um, I have an aunt who has manic depression and um, one of my best mates, dad, uh was manic depressive and and eventually um died from it um uh, was in and out of um you know being sectioned and uh that was it was definitely present in my life as a young person i definitely felt like it wasn 't something that would ever affect like that kind of turmoil was something that would ever touch me um I felt sort of well well looked after and i felt well you know i felt stable and like my mind was something i could trust uh-huh. um, yeah, nice. whereas uh yeah definitely when i was going through my rocky patch a couple of years ago i stopped feeling like my mind was something i could trust i had that yeah
1: it's really yeah, scary you had that too yeah i honestly remember I remember my friend going through a tough time mm. and saying, "Your brain isn't your friend." Mm. And I remember going, "What? Like, mm. Are you joking?" I said, "Your brain is your best friend." I was like, "You can control anything, you know." But I obviously wasn't thinking that your emotional world. I don't think's actually really anything to do with your brain, and it's not conscious; mm. it just exists. It's mad, isn't it? How
2: much there's going on without your conscious control? No, totally.
1: Totally, because it was like, you know, for me, I don't know if this is the same for you, but it was like, I I had such overwhelming emotions that I, I mm. couldn't think my way out of them. Mm. Whereas before I could pretty much think my way out of them. You know what I mean? Or yeah. I could put up a barrier, uh, but being sober and feeling that, or just not, not even sobriety, but not delving into an obvious desire to numb, you know, and having to sit with that, you realize that, and people kept telling me time. And at that point I was like, what, what do you mean time? How do I know? Like, give me a date. Like, when do I stop feeling like this? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and there yeah. just isn't. You know? yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. actually an amazing artist, um Lex. And you, you know, Lexa Moore.
2: Yeah, she was on my show the other day. Of course, right?
1: She man. and she said that. Oh my god, I was outside so ass with her. Right? They're just doing a poetry night. Six weeks. Shout out six weeks. And. Mm-hmm. You know, she's listened to me rambling, I was just on my proper, you know, like trying to intellectualize my feeling, you know, but this happened and that, and why is this, this not that, and da 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 and Lex was like, yeah, 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 yeah no, no, for real, for real. Like she's listening to it, even though I was like, probably saying some real questionable shit, you know? And she turned to me and was like, you know what? One day you're gonna wake up and you'll feel better. Yeah. And she goes, like, I don't know when, but one day. I was like, that shit just stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. You know? She's got
2: such a quiet wisdom, is oh, not she? God, like, listen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But no. But again, you know, it, it, I, I know Lex. I'm sure she has her own stories around and this yeah, stuff, and I don't so. want to have to run to her whenever I feel. <laughs> feel away. tell me
2: what to do. I
1: know. Um, right. Okay. So. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally get that feeling in it, and that it's scary, isn't it, mm. for your brain to suddenly go.
2: And a lesson in like in community and interdependence, like. We like we, with our capacity to reason, yeah each each of us alone, like you said before, we can't cope alone, yeah. and we're not built to cope alone
1: no totally we we we're, we're we're literally not otherwise, it wouldn't take two people to make
2: a person, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: um for but sure. that's,
2: yeah, mate, and th- th- I like it. that thing of talking talking about your conscious mind and your rational mind, being able to um being able, you, could, like, you can rationalize your way out or reason your way out of some kind of tangles, can't you? Like, you, can, you can reason your way to a kind of, to a better mood um, yeah, if, if you're moment. kind of well, but then there yeah. comes a time when you just can't, and you can't clamber out. Yeah, I
1: don't think you ever do. That's what, that's what, that's what I've concluded. It's like mm. the times when that was more, the times when I felt like that was a choice I was, I feel disconnected actually from my body.
2: It's exciting though, to discover how many layers of, how many layers there are below what you can, what you are rationally aware of.
1: Yeah. And oh yeah, of course. No,
2: yeah, once yeah, of you course, get there, but,
1: but it's-, it's, it's exc-
2: But what I mean is, like, what I used to be terrified of was how much there was that I couldn't control. Yeah, I, I thought, as long as, I can, as long as I'm in a position of mastery of my mind and of everything around me, yeah, then I'm cool. Um, and actually, for me, one of the deepest things was going to therapy and mm. being with a very insightful therapist who could see the many layers going on behind each of oh, my pages and stuff. Literally. And I was like, with each new layer, I was like... I but also reassured... And it's like, yeah, there's so much you can't control. Like, you
1: might as well just let go of the idea of control. I, I couldn't stand it in those yeah. first three months with my therapist. I couldn't stand it. And she just, like, kept being like, well, what what's that? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm let's, interested let's that pause on use on that. the word... Uh... Yeah, let's just pause on that for <laughs> a minute. You know, or they'll be like, am I reminding you of your mum? I'm like, well, now you've said it. <laughs> and they're like, no, before. And I was like, can you just stop, you know? And it's like, well, it's just a bit... Can you like, stop seeing into me? I know. I don't think that... I don't think that during the time when I could rationalize, I think the happiness was like you say, it was a a sense of, I was like suspended. I felt like I was kind of like, and I'd look back to that time a lot after the kind of dam broke in my mind, like when the kind of like complete scaffolding, like quite obvious scaffolding, never a building, Mm. but scaffolding that was kind of keeping my emotions down or up, Mm. down definitely. when that was broken through, and I was kind of like, "Oh God, I could actually, I could actually feel, like literally feel the bottom half of my body," then it, then it became those thoughts became obsolete. But I, I, as though, as I was working through the, this fear and shame, that voice would like hound me, like, "Yo, oh, remember when you were happy though." Happy being mm, ignorant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean happy being like I didn't know any, I didn't know any different, and I missed it. I missed it when I didn't know that I was being yeah. unconsciously driven by like my my issues with authority or my fear of rejection. It's like,
2: but it, I I don't think it it doesn't discredit everything that came before. You know, because there's there's a there's a sense that I can have sometimes of like before I knew nothing, and now I'm now I've started to wake up you know i've started to become a bit more aware of what's going on in all the layers beneath and therefore my happiness is more real or um that there, there can be yeah I've, i feel like i can have a tendency to kind of discredit everything that came before like the relationships i had before that and the friendships i had before that and the music i made before that and i definitely feel more present to my life than i ever did before um but it was it was still living you know yeah and it was still and it was still joy and I don't know and and without it without every single millisecond of what you lived before you wouldn't be sitting here 100% do you need to know do, do you need to have this like this kind of oceanic awareness in order to have real happiness
0: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: No, uh, no. In order for no. your happiness to be like substantial. No. No, I don't think it's, it's specific. Think so. It's specific, so.
1: isn't it? It's like it's relative. It's not, it's not specific. It's relative. It's relative yeah. to everyone's experience. You know, like if it was one. Thing I just I'm want
2: to clarify something here. When I say this oceanic awareness, I don't mean that I'm rolling around with this oceanic awareness, like some kind of flipping transcendental. Although that is a dream, I mean? cloud That's being. The dream. I'm just saying, like, this will be do you know beams. what I mean? Or what I mean by that is there is an there's an awareness that there is an ocean. Yeah. No, Beneath listen,
1: that kind of We get of what surface, you're saying. It's, yeah. it, and, and, and what I'd say, how I feel it is most practically explained to someone, particularly in my context. You're blocking my light, but Thanks. Um, oh, yeah. You're very <laughs> aware. You're um, very aware. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, um, the, the, how I'd explain it in, in the context of me is that I feel like I'm I'm better at surfing how I feel. Like, just I'm just... Be- and that... Seems like I'll be heading towards something more blissful. On the mm. basis that I can confront things in life and confront being the operative part of that sentence. What's the rush Is it with a John little, with a little amount it? of fear? Huh? You can't. You can't. It's fear. That's what I think it is for me. Fear. I yeah. think I feel like the blissful state is to is to accept fear, mm. and so I think that can actually happen for anyone. So that's what I'd say to someone who. When you say accept fear, do you mean accept so, that so I'd you say, will be afraid? So I'd say that I think there's two different types of approaching fear, maybe. I mean, it sounds very binary, but I I like, generally speaking, I'd say one is a, 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 a such a state of avoidance that it, you're not even allowing yourself to process what happens. And so mm. you're almost, it's almost like half of you is experiencing what's going on because you're just in this mm, state of mm. like, whatever, you know, like kind of almost like, Whereas I feel like there's another state where you're really aware and you're really scared but you're, you're actually really making afraid. a conscious choice. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I, I don't know. Like, this is oh, speculation. Do you know what I mean? Well, I don't, what do we know? I mean, we just, we just know. But
2: I would. A little I, atom of what we know. Yeah. Um, what you said about being present, to you said something related to being present anyway, just boils down to that really, isn't it? It's like, uh, how afraid are you? How aware are you of, what, of the shape of
1: your fear? And the shadows that it springs from, you know, real. That's real. Yo, listen. When I was in that bubbly phase, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, when Brilliant. I was, when I was, uh, before I had like a break, you know, an actual break as well. It wasn't even like ease. It was like a snap, internally, um, which I've spoken about a lot on this because you know what, how else, what else are we supposed to do other than spread teachings and and uh, teachings, just honesty, knowledge, all that. Yeah. Um. My granddad died like. For, I mean probably was it like five years ago now, six years, And like, uh, Granny V, I love her, but I love both my grands. Granny V particularly is a lot of the reason why I'm a writer. She used to read poetry with me. And um, when she died, I just was like, oh, she was old. Do you know what I mean? I, and she died and I was like, oh that makes sense. You know, she was old, she's really lovely. She's smiling until she died. You know, the dementia, mm-hmm. she had dementia, I think, twenty any but she remembered who I was. She could recite entire poems, it was gorgeous. You know, she was an incredible woman but when i had this break which was from a breakup, the first thing i cried about was her and that's where i was like that's when i've that's what i remember mm. that's what i'd remind myself of when i go okay cool you felt as well you'd mastered your emotions even to the point of judgment on others who are feeling them too much which is so dangerous mm, mm. and yeah 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 like you you're talking about grief here bro like, it's not isn't it's not you know what i mean we're talking we're not talking about like did we feel happy? Yeah, probably. Did did that affect you a bit more? Like, this is grief. Like, even if you're in a place of harmony and complete and utter bliss, mm. of course I'm going to cry because yeah, my grand's yeah. gone. Yeah, that's yeah. like my that's my like place of comfort as a little boy, you know. And and I was ignoring that. I was ignoring mm. me being sad that a comfort had gone for me. Mm. And that's I think that's about volumes about the difference between existing in your head, I suppose, and and wanting to at least have a relationship with your body.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it boils down to, isn't it? It's mm. like, and again, presence—like we are present through our body.
1: I always feel like we get more present when we cry.
2: Yeah, man, how good is crying?
1: No, I know. I don't do it. Shouts don't out don't do to all the enough. weepy ones. <laughs> Honestly, man. I feel like I, I've got really into crying recently. Really? Yeah. I can't. I struggle, and I'm such an advocate, obviously, but I actually really struggle. That's really fucking good, man.
2: Mm. I didn't cry for. I cried maybe you know like three or four times over the course of about ten years I'd say. Before. Yeah,
1: I feel you. Um, and I'm just like,
2: oh, I'm just letting it out. Get it out. Well, trauma,
1: you know, trauma and like and anger and sadness, it, it's in you. That's another thing. That's like, yeah. for, for those who are more left, have a more left brain approach to this, which is totally cool. It's not the idea of like you know processing trauma. It's not like a, it's not a theory. Yeah. Like it's it's literally inside it's literally you, like like you'll get yeah. dodgy knees if you. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's mad. Um, yeah,
2: the body keeps the score. Good book. What's it called? It's called the body keeps the score. I haven't read it.
1: So, what would you say has been your best period of mental well-being? Now. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Because Not, of no the question, would you say this album, the Unmaster, has been almost like a? A mirror that you enjoyed. It's a nice mirror.
2: Oh my god! Yeah, because
1: <laughs> you were saying before it was almost the mirror that caused you to make it. So the, the mirror. How did that? How did that evolve? Uh, yeah, the unmaster
2: is really the whole. It kind of really reflects the whole process of collapse and recovery, uh, I guess, and also the joy in like re-emerging. Mm. It's like it's got it's got a lot of joy in it. I'd say in quite a dark way. It's it's kind of joy in the darkness, I guess. Um, and it's got a lot of ebullience in it. It's got a lot of mad energy in it. Ebullience? Yeah. I love that word. It's a good word, isn't it? Ebullience, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of... It's, it's really, really fizzing with life in, in a way that nothing I've managed to make before does because it's just, like, born of necessity and also born at the moment when i realized i could start pretending and um let go of perfection um and just like just try and try you know tr- try try in letting go of effort yeah um yeah of course and when the best so is that like, it's just like it's full of like rubble and brush strokes and like Yells and uh, strange noises and clangs and
1: really fast beats with mm. percussion on. And you made all of it. I made all of it. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna t- we're gonna take a uh, a a tiny break away from talking about deep, in integral, internal, interesting, yeah. intellectual, into wo- into trend stuff, and I'm gonna ask you. Two questions that I like. Usual. Yeah. What's your favourite colour? <laughs> uh, black at the it's moment. It's not a colour. <laughs> got everyone, It's not black a colour. Absence of light.
2: Of my true love. <laughs> thing. But what you'll find is that this is a colour because it's not true black, is it? Yeah. So it's full of colour. It is true black. But it is black. It is true black. Why do you like black? Um, because uh it doesn't look dirty when it's dirty
1: oh that's a smart one
2: yeah i can look relatively smart whilst also not washing
1: ah oh, that's what i'm yeah. going wrong yeah. i you look disgusting i know i know well the dark gray kind of does the job too especially with this kind of, kind of stonewashed yeah vibe. stonewashed yeah. vibe i look grubby anyway what's your favorite shape My favourite
2: shape? Um, spherical. Can I do that?
1: A sphere? Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely do that. It sounds deep, doesn't it? No. It's like a ball.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like a ball. Um, aside of the creative process that you went through, yeah. pre your total, I'd say, um, barrier with music, you know, like when you had it at arm's length, couldn't couldn't fuck with it. Yeah, were there any artists' songs that soundtracked particularly momentous parts of your life that you, that you can remember? An album that would take you right back to that moment. I've got Kendrick Lamar in mind. Straight away, good choice.
2: Um, my, moments of of uh, Good Kid, M.A.D. City. I'm dying of. Sing about me. I'm dying of thirst. Is one of the best hip hop tracks ever written, in my opinion.
1: Promise that you will. Sing, sing about me. me. It's just like it's perfect. And also incredibly sung. Yeah. I don't think Kendrick ever gets enough. Promise credit. that you will. Sing. No, but it's actually he like just
2: comes right after the Promise that you will.
1: Sing. No, but I don't think he gets enough credit for his for his melodies. He's yeah. an incredibly melodic. Yeah. Artist. Well, I mean, it's just like an explosion of genius. When the genius light goes and... on, they down, Um Oh, well, no. Is What's it comfortable? Question? All right. I mean, yes. How does it feel bearing your soul?
2: Uh At first, when I first started to do... The, the most bare-in-my-soul stuff that I've done was when I first started to do the material from the theatre show, which is based, also based around um, the tracks from the album, but with extra spoken word bits. I mean, you've seen the show, so you know, but yeah. maybe you don't. Um, and that is very, very raw, and literally quite a lot of it is excerpts from my diary um, or my morning pages, which is my morning practice. You have a diary?
1: Yeah. Oh, so jealous.
2: Mate, you just have to... Go and buy an exercise book.
1: It's not the buying of it, it's the, the discipline.
2: Is it an exercise book or, an, or a it, diary? Is an exercise book when you have exercises given to you? Or is it, do you know what I mean? It's a book it's that, that you're supposed to, to do
1: backflips on.
2: It's a book that's very heavy to pick up. Yeah um basically i have a diary and yes so so some of that was excerpts from my diary and so that felt very very raw and really and also because i feel like it was for me it was like the beginning in general of me uh presenting my presenting myself as i actually am as a human as well to the world i think it was like it was the dropping of the screen and and at that moment, I also went out and did a tour around the UK um, of people's living rooms and attics and stuff. Yeah, I love that. To raise money for the album. Uh, and there were small audiences of like 30 to 40 people. And it was me reading excerpts from my diary, just like sat in a chair with no lighting or mics or anything. And so that was scary at first. And then, about you know, a couple of gigs in, I just had a moment where you were seeing yourself from a distance. Do you you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just going to try and reload myself. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This is the story of me, according to me. Two or three gigs in, um, I felt... Two or three gigs in, I started to have these conversations with people who would come up to me after the show and were just like gushing story at me and sharing themselves in the most crazy deep way. Um, And stories of insane struggle and difficulty. And I started to feel, and because it was all around the UK as well, it was like 13 different cities. um, I started to feel connected to, in my strangeness, in my darkness, I started to feel connected to other people through their strangeness, through their darkness. And it started to feel like such a gift. Um, Mm. to be able to travel around sharing my deepest, darkest. And by the end of it, I was absolutely hollowed out emotionally, but also felt this sense of connection. And also the shame in talking about my, um, the shame in talking about the dark stuff had had kind of, you know, a lot of it had faded. And uh, so now the process of talking about, um, you know, the struggles or or the, the vulnerable parts, the soft parts, uh, it's. I feel very fortunate to be able to do it and it feels like an elaborate like form of therapy and like, evacuation, basically. Mm. Um, and also, every time I do it, I meet someone and hear their story. It's like you were saying, people message you online and stuff and people message me online um, saying that, you know, just the kind of that door being open and someone walking through it has changed their lives, you know.
1: Mm. Um,
2: and... I feel like I have purpose now in a way that I didn't feel before um, I feel like what, what I'm doing and saying actually matters in a really real way to real humans rather than being entertainment you know so it's it, the whole thing has been a blessing I wouldn't change a moment of it how you doing man you all right? you're alright you're looking coldy me yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a bit old today yeah why What have I got like snot you're, running on my nose
1: no you've just got like increasingly glassy eyes no i know it's mm. tough it's tough yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just because we're, we're underground yeah there's no fresh air for me how sad um i live here by the way okay I, they don't um, let me out of this room Fair. i kind of get fed crackers and sometimes they bring in an exercise wheel it's nice <laughs> um we've got another incentive called whole hour let's talk about it if you've got an hour what are you doing for your mental health if I have an hour now. If you have an hour for it, I mean, really, 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 the dream is you assign an hour yeah. amidst a technology orientated, very busy day where you go, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to give an hour to myself. Yes. What are you going to do? I
2: did it this morning. What? I went to Finsbury Park and, and did I what? Lay on my back under the trees mm. and I noticed how the, um, the new leaves. Were coming out on the oak tree uh the new spring leaves and this is not something i do at all i feel like you do i went for a run and i was like i'm running i'm running i'm running i'm you know what i mean i'm, I'm conquering the park ah. and then i stopped for a breather at the top of a hill and i was like I, I, maybe I, I could just walk and lie down instead it, of run yeah
1: that happens um, that first Mate, I, great I, though, I right? talk
2: a good talk, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm missioning around working like an st- idiot, basically. Do you know? I give much better advice than I live. If, yeah, I
1: don't we all? Yeah. If you look at a tree, comes calms your nervous system. I'm into trees, man. That's a science. That's science. Into them. That's science. What's your favourite tree?
2: Uh, I don't know. any. I'm, I'm a city boy. I'm, Do you like leaves? Um, I like the leaves. I like the leafy ones. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um here's the thing uh trees right here's here's something that has changed the way I think about trees, yeah, and I feel like it's just the beginning of the way I think about trees mm, changing nice. but um someone described trees to Before me the other day. Out. Hey.
1: there's some comedy podcast that I can be asked on by the way
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like it's just curveball after curve I'm sorry ball, i'm sorry, I'm sorry. How am I supposed to work like this?
1: Dude, tell me about the trees. I'm really into it. <laughs> no, I actually am. This is... It's, it's actually... Pretty,
2: uh, it's, it's it better gonna, be a good tree fact at this gonna, point, Robert. It's Robin. not a tree fact. It's just a, a way of perceiving trees as the standing nation. The standing people. The standing people, My man. I used to
1: say that. Your mum used to say yeah, that. Yeah. I, I used to go hug them in Hubsid Heath. Mate. I know. The standing people.
2: Literally, like, this is a network of yeah. beings that... It, coexist and, and are amongst us Mate, walking, they're not, not objects
1: man Mate, In i went to guyana new year's where i'm, where I'm from whether from the where the my dad's where my grandparents are from on one side of me walking trees bro what exactly i want to see shock in the room <laughs> walking trees <laughs> no seriously they had marked I'm not laughing at the trees I'm laughing at I know the whole sitch the tree right you got roots that drop off no no they move forward right and then the entire tree moves and then (sighs) it's a walking tree I don't know what else to say if people think I'm talking rubbish look it up and they they have like markers and they're like yeah and it moved like fucking three feet in like Four months, or maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe that's a year, but it fucking moved, bro. Wow. anyway. The Israeli, we've spoken extensively, we could speak for loads of time more because I'm comfortable in your presence. Um, again, no offense to previous guests, um, and uh, I love your album. Everyone would will love your album. That's when not just, true, we're just coming it's out. It's not true, not everyone will love your album. Not everyone will love the that's album. quite scary. Some people isn't it? are going to hate it. I wouldn't say hate. I think, oh, hate's great. My mum My fear is indifference. isn't going to like it. Um, it's very fast and... and uh, You'll be surprised. got beats in you'll it. You'll be surprised. Don't underestimate your mum. If there's it's one true. lesson here, it's so don't under- underestimate <laughs> your mum. <laughs> My mum will like it so much, it'll be annoying for me. Okay, cool. So, Disraeli, what else you got coming up? Well,
2: let me tell you. Um, I've got... Two singles from the Unmaster album already Ma-
1: out. Madness. Madness is the first one. And can anybody please and explain? Oi is Oye Oye the second Oye Oye, that's one. Oi oi. Yeah yeah. Dun 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 dun. If you respect me at home and my music taste, then get it because I like it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oi. Um, so oi is out. Um, and then uh, so those two are already out, and then I've got a new single coming out June the eleventh, which is called My Mama.
1: Nice. And
2: it is What is it about? A, it's about my mama. Um, and it, I wrote it I wrote it because What?
1: Uh, it's about your mum. Let me tell you. Okay, sorry, it's confusing. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: tough, tough out here. Um I wrote, actually wrote it specifically because my mum fell off a ladder and broke her oh, pelvis in no, three places. Why
1: did you have to say that? It's in the comedy before. I know, do you
2: know what I mean? What a, what a callous Fuck. man.
1: Fuck. Okay, well, anyway. Right, Wicked. So what my mum's coming up. What a
2: stone-hearted man. I know, I know,
1: I know. My mum...
2: Broke her pelvis in three places. That's really shit. And was in hospital for a long time and then in a wheelchair for a long time. <clears throat> and I wrote it as a get well spell for her. And it's called uh, My uh, Mama. And it's also um, like a healing spell for the earth as well because uh, we are causing insane damage to our ability to survive as a species. And yes, we are. So it's also a, it's also a letter to the earth.
1: What's your what's your, um, what's your Instagram or, or Twitter so people can just keep track of your upcoming At dates?
2: mc disraeli M C D I Z R A E L I. wicked thank you
1: that's love. what's going on and Ooh. also
2: can i tell you, can i tell you a little bit about festivals this summer well y- i'm every- playing all the festivals this summer
1: yeah if you want wicked that's it <laughs> <laughs> i love that